can listen to me. The prophecy tells of a Highland foundling, born on the winter solstice, who passes through darkness into light and survives to challenge the voice of death. Bulky, but good. Welcome to Highlander Rewatched, the start of season five. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Oh, so bulky. Bulky, but good. 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 That's That's that duo in Power Rangers. I was about to make the same exact (laughs) joke. Bulky, but good in Skull. Bulky, but good in Skull. X-Files. Huh? Bulky and Scully. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Sort of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, we worked. We got there. Well, welcome back to the Highlander Rewatch podcast. Uh, it's been a little bit for our coverage of the it's season. It's been a while. It it's been a while. while. Hmm. I'm, uh, I have a prediction. My prediction is... Is this a prophecy? prophecy that, is, yeah, that we're going to be talking about the first episode of season five. Prophecy! See, my, my powers are finally coming into their own, you know? You're like Cassandra. That explains why I make Keith do all this weird shit. That's right. <laughs> so, guys, before we get into this episode, why don't we take a look at the Highlander catalog from Days of Yore? So, I'm going to read a description from the catalog, and you're going to have to guess how much it costs, okay? And it's absolute closeness, not... Price is right rules. Correct. Highlander, play by mail. What? (laughs) Sharpen your skills and your blade, for now is your chance to enter the world of Highlander and fight for the prize. In Highlander, the play by mail game, you create your immortal persona and control all the action, romance, and intrigue. Compete in epic struggle against friends. It says that. Compete in epic struggle against friends and foes from around the world. Introductory startup information is available free of charge by simply sending your name and postal address to Claymore. I won't read the address because uh, that might not be it's it anymore, but there you go. I'm deeply confused. What is this? Also, is it free? Yeah, I think it's kind of given away in the description, isn't it? It is free! Oh wow. my gosh! I guess uh, $100. Okay. Close. I'll give you that. <laughs> Kyle? I guess $0. Kyle wins. He's got it right <laughs> oh, on the head. Oh man, I was close though. Yep. So wait, what is this? I'm deeply confused. I don't know either. It just says play by mail. There's no real details. And How do you play, though? I guess you have to write in and find out. So like, you get the rules by writing in? Uh, yeah. Is this Introductory like, startup information is available free of charge. Is this like a precursor to like RPG message boards? It would be post that. Uh, yeah, I guess it would be. That's like OG internet is RPG message boards. Yeah. Do you have stats? Maybe. It's amazing they just didn't include like a little flyer in here with the info, so you could just start. Yeah. yeah. What's is so? Do you get picture? to create your persona? The or? picture is nothing. It's like a collage of Duncan McLeod. Oh, and Connor seems to be in there. Who? Connor. Who's that? <laughs> but that's it. Did anyone ever play this the Highlander play-by-mail game? I mean, none of us have. But yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, if you have, you need to tell us about it. Yeah. We're deeply curious. What is it? Does anyone have the rules still? Send us those. Oh, uh, where, where you can restart the play by mail game? Play Ooh. by email. Ooh. Play no, by email. you must play by mail. <laughs> yeah, <let's laughs> play by email. Nobody ever wrote us in about this chess set. Yeah, you know if why? Because nobody ever, has it. No, but I just want to say if you're hearing this and you have it and you didn't write in, 
Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> You've really let us down. Can I see whatever picture accompanies this? It's a, it's a nothing picture. Also, you like, are. are we supposed to think that you design your character? I think so. Yeah, you create your immortal persona, and you get to control the action, romance, and intrigue. Does that just mean you get to, like, sext people? <laughs> Hopefully. I assume. Keith, who would your immortal persona be? Like, if I was picking a character from the show, or just no, creating a... No, you were creating a, a play-by-mail character. Uh, that you can romance. That I can romance? Yeah. yeah. You have to romance your own character. I don't know. I'm not... I've never done, like, RPG stuff. I don't know how to, like, build a character. Well, I don't think there are any rules. <laughs> well, not yet, anyway. Well, I don't know. Like, what are what are attributes? Like, you have a sword. He's a sword. Okay, that's one thing. You're immortal. Uh, he has cowboy boots. Okay, so he has cowboy boots. He has cowboy boots. All right. He rides a horse. Mm-hmm. Stay with his cowboy theme. Cur- What's his name? Currently? No, that's his name. His name is cu- currently oh, okay. uh, currently Smith. Hmm. Yeah, currently this Smith. Cowboy, cowboy immortal. Wow. Currently Smith. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like Yeehaw. it. Mm-hmm. That's his catchphrase, yeehaw. Yeehaw. <laughs> so he says every time he takes a head, yeehaw. Yeehaw. He's really original. <laughs> How about you, Amy? Yeah, he's really original, isn't he? My immortal play-by-mail character, he would be an immortal postman, and his name would be Curly Merriweather, and he would keep his sword in his mailbag in like one of those tubes, one of those mailing oh, tubes. Right. That's oh, a good yeah. hiding place. And he'd like go into the loft and be like, I have a package for uh, Duncan McLeod. <laughs> now, by any chance, is Curly M- Mayweather is his name? Yeah, that's right. Also, like uh, Old West, <laughs> like no, mailman, because that name voice. sounds like a very whatever. Do you mean? <laughs> yeah, right. No, he has a mustache. Oh, okay, he's got silly glasses. Not at all like a not at all postman like your from character. Eighteen sixty-eight. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Kyle? Uh, my character's name would be Tyrone Slothrop. <laughs> the infra- he was the inspiration for the character in Gravity's Rainbow. His teacher was Zoltan Laszlo, the oh. dirt immortal. He died his fu- his first death as an old timey prospector during a mine cave in. Wow. Uh, that's how Zoltan Laszlo got so dirty, saving Tyrone Slothrop. And uh, his sword would be basically a broken claymore that he broke to make it easier to wield. And then people were always like, why don't you just use a smaller sword? And he's like, no, I like it. There you go. We should mail it. Play by mail. So we're all going to write each other letters about this where they seduce each other. Yeah. They romance one another. Yeah. Mr. Merriweather, my name is Slothrop, and I'm very dirty from working in the mines. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. And that's the play-by-mail. All right, so why don't we run down the episode details. This was first aired September 30th, 1996. This has a new production designer. Stephen Gagan, who was the production designer from seasons one through four, is gone. Now we have a new production designer, Rex Raglan. Rex Raglan? That sounds like a comic book character. Mm -hmm. uh, He runs like a really shitty detective agency, but he has noir superpowers. Or he's like an orphan, Rex Raglan. <laughs> Rex yeah. Raglan. He's so Raglan. He went from Raglan's to riches. That's right. Yeah. Raglan's to Rex's. Yep. Uh, so Steve Gagan left Highlander to work full-time on the Outer Limits TV show. So Rex is the new boy in town. How popular was the Outer Limits? I think it was pretty popular. Was that a step up? It was I a could... show that at least continued on for a, a number of years after this. I think the Outer Limits reboot was in 95, so... I think more people know about the Outer Limits than they do Highlander. Sure. Yeah. Good, Steve Gagan's a busy guy. He's yeah. always working. Good for you, Gagman. 
Uh, so this episode was directed by Dennis Barry. The last we saw from Dennis was One Minute to Midnight, which was last season's closer slash opener of this season, uh, and Till Death and Through a Glass Darkly. A mixed bag there. Uh, this episode was written by David Tynan. Um, we last saw from him was the last season closer, which was One Minute to Midnight, and Judgment Day, as well as Deliverance and Something Wicked. So he did two of the two-parters. Two of the two-parters. Double. It's like it's it's almost like he did one four-parter. So let's talk about some guest stars, guys. We got Tracy Scoggins as Cassandra. Tracy Scoggins. That's a strong name. Rex Raglan. Tracy, Tracy Scoggins. Uh, this is her first of three Highlander episodes. I, I don't know. I remember her being a huge part of this show. But then seeing the IMDb being like, oh, she was only in three episodes. Like, but three episodes is a lot for a non-core character. I suppose. That's like practically more episodes than Richie was in last season. <laughs> yeah, she's played a lot. She was Captain Elizabeth Lockley in Babylon Five, and she also played Cat Grant in Lois and Clark: The New Adventures of Superman. She's there also on Silk Stockings. Yes, and she played. That's your that's your your bellwether. That's right. Are you famous? Were you in Silk Stockings? And I don't know. Silk Stockings is hard to say. Yeah, it's it's like also kind of gross. Yeah. Silk Stockings. Yeah, like also anything involving stalking is. Unpleasant. Really? Yeah, I, yeah. I would give, say give so. Give me a positive stalking. Celery. That's <laughs> so healthy. Yeah. She was also Monica Colby on The Colbys, which starred Adrian Paul as well. So. Whoa. Yeah. How about that? Heat. Uh, this episode also stars Jeremy Beck as Young Duncan, who took a very long time to cast, apparently, uh, and Matthew Walker as Ian McLeod. This is his third and final appearance as Duncan's dad. Duncan's daddy-o. Yep, his first appearance was in Season 1, Episode 2, Family Tree, and Season 4, Opener, Homeland. This Not episode also shabby. guest stars Mary McLeod, and this is her second and last episode. Uh, she's back as Duncan's mother. There I think it's go. cool that they get some of these ancillary characters back. Because... Yeah, it's kind of impressive, because also, how many people would really notice? Yeah, they could have easily switched them out, and I don't think you'd give them too much grief for it. No, but well done. Kudos. Yeah. And finally, this episode guest stars Gerard Plunkett as roland cantos this is his second episode of highlander he played james bailey in the episode homeland he was the guy in the uh the antique store that was like in a bidding war with mac oh that asshole yes who, they screw each other out of that bracelet also i have a note that i thought this character was in more episodes i thought this arc was like oh i thought it was an arc not a one episode villain well you would think they set this up like it's going to be an arc and it's like oh no it's done nah. yeah i mean i'm sure we'll talk about that we'll do it live but it does feel like it's going to be a grander plot. So are we ready for the IMDb episode description? Oh, sake it to me, baby. Yeah, yeah. So here we go. In the Scottish Highlands in 1606, while pursuing a wolf, a young Duncan meets Cassandra, a wise immortal who foretells him that he will be the one to fulfill an important prophecy. Wait, foretells him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, that is some awkward writing. I foretell you right. that I'm going to tell you <laughs> you're in a prophecy. I feel like this was written by some, like, Google translated from Russian. <laughs> like, and the other IMDb episode description reads, In flashback to the Scottish Highlands, a young Duncan hunts a wolf in a fey forest and finds Cassandra, an immortal who is thought to be a witch by the clan MacLeod. Back in modern San Francisco, Duncan and Cassandra... Oh, hold on. <laughs> Duncan and Cassandra reunite when Cassandra is convinced that Duncan is the one to fulfill an ancient prophecy. 
but her enemy, Roland, an immortal with the ability to hypnotize people as he speaks to them, is determined to finish Duncan before he can. They're in before? San Francisco? Yes. Duh. The doy. Since when? Since. Was that established in the episode? No. I didn't catch that at this all. This is the second IMDb description we've read that's mentioned San Francisco, right? Didn't they mention so, it? Yeah. The one uh, Brothers in Arms? Doesn't it say like. It's San Francisco. Yeah. And this is definitely not like an autocorrect thing, do you no. think? Oh, so you Vancouver Vancouver San Francisco. But why would it become San Francisco? It doesn't like, make any sense. That, uh, no. Rice Aroni? <laughs> There's oh, that scene like, where Duncan is on a cable car eating rice so around right. <laughs> rice on oh, the Golden Tony. Gate Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> is this San Francisco? <laughs> I just want to loop back for one second. Uh, Jeremy Beck, who plays young Duncan, uh, he was on the L word as a character named Gay Boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow. All right. Progressive. That was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ready to get into this episode? Yeah, yeah. How's it open? So this episode opens in an office. How exciting. In New York with the New Twin York Towers. City. Never forget. That's right. Forget what? Uh, 9-11. Okay. Doesn't <laughs> ring a bell. So it's an office. People are leaving for the day. Very exciting This stuff. is where Jerry Seinfeld's lawyer works. Yeah. This guy kind of <laughs> reminded me of that. I was yeah. like, this is the guy from Seinfeld. Seinfeld yeah. So this guy, Roland Cantos, rolls up in here. He Rollins up in here. And this guy, we're, I guess we're supposed to think is a private investigator of some kind. Yeah, it took a while for me to figure out exactly. I was like, is this a police station or i don't know i wasn't sure at first what was going on yeah but he's like a skip trace guy or something anyway roland candace does like echo powers to get him to talk and he stands up and he's like shaking his head and he's in a trance yeah like he just like speaks at him he's like you will tell me and then it like the guy's like oh my gosh i'm powerless so he's looking for cassandra who he says has long hair green (laughs) eyes and a body that would stop your heart gross which is which actually explains his other superpower because he can speak to the dead yeah (laughs) because this guy's heart stopped yeah (laughs) but he doesn't want to part with this information because of client confidentiality and whatnot roland takes the gun from him and then shoots him with it and i was like oh that's weird why didn't you make him shoot himself and then the other guy comes in and he like it's like oh there was a suicide who's yours after you killed your friend right (laughs) i don't what if that guy didn't run in <laughs> right this the way he deploys his powers in this is, is very is puzzling because in this instance he makes these two guys kill themselves well the one well he kills one of them yeah but then shoot, later he, he shoots sammy two cops davis and he does Jr. not need them to kill each other he just is like forget everything why didn't you do that here yeah you could just been like forget it i guess it's to show that he's got spooky powers and he's, and he's evil. evil right but um he gets this guy to give up the ghost that Cassandra was hiring him to look up Duncan McLeod. Yes. Oh, of the Clan McLeod? That's right. The oh. very one. Oh, that's a, that makes sense. So that is our cold open. So we are introduced to a villain that has superpowers. So yep. this is Great already, start. Right. Yeah. This is already like, oh, it's uh, one of these Highlander episodes. And there's weird saxophone music that sort of sounds like Family Matters. Or yeah. The, the whole saxophone thing. I was like, it's like, are they trying to go for some weird noir thing here? There's a lot more sax in this season. I think yes. every episode has sax saxophone now it's they they gotta get that sexy sax in there sexy sax also he also says when he takes the gun personally i prefer a beretta yep so it's like who is this gun-slinging bald guy with a magic (laughs) voice it's much more elegant roland contos so that's our cold open then we get the opening credits right it's a stone cold open there's no change in these opening credits are there not that i I didn't notice anything yeah not yet 
This episode opens now at the dojo, and Matt comes in. It's super dark. Uh, so I guess maybe this is the first time we're assuming he's back since Paris. Right. So he is back in his old stomping ground. The gym has returned. It's very, like, sad and lonely. Like, the music I thought was, like, depressing. I kind of dug it. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Matt goes upstairs, and he's like, honey, I'm home or whatever, and nobody's there. And he hears, like, a female voice. It's Cassandra. <gasps> she, like, emerges. Like, right. she's just been standing in the dark yeah. for maybe hours but waiting he, for he think Like, he got a buzz, so there's, like, an immortal here right and he's sneaking around and she's like what did you forget me come to find out that they have not seen each other in 400 years <laughs> right. yeah when he was a goddamn child 13 i am, I am shocked that duncan remembers this <laughs> yeah. yeah positive like obviously well she is a witch yeah a naked right. witch yeah all right That's so true. i suppose it is somewhat memorable but still how would you remember her voice like right. maybe, you remember this, <laughs> right, right. maybe you remember this event but it's like, like I don't see you jerks between recordings sometimes, and I forget what your voice sounds like. And he remembers what this voice sounded like that he heard like once as a child. Did she bring the crystal ball that's there, or did Mac have that already? He's an amateur crystal ballist. Yeah, He's crystal a baller. baller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what people mean when they talk about balling, right? They're looking in their crystal ball. balls. Yeah, yeah. This all checks out. So we get a flashback to the Scottish Highlands in 1606. This looks pretty great, as usual. It does. And there's a menace, a boot. <laughs> a, a, a massive wolf is apparently raiding their flocks. Right. Do wolves raid? That's the wrong term. They hunt or poach? Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah don't I don't poach. know. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, I don't think raid's the right word here, but it's all right. They're eating some sheep and bad. Wolf's rain. That was an anime. Maybe wolf's rain. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Wolf is raining over the Scottish Islands. That's right. Uh, well, first, I guess Duncan's dad is organizing like a party to like hunt this wolf down because they can't lose any more sheep. And we get to meet young Duncan and young Robert, which I think is kind of cool that they, they also included a young, young Robert. Robert. Yeah, that they're buddies. Right. And like, it's a go. Oh, this makes that other interaction so much more tragic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and young Robert isn't like an insane monster yet not yet <laughs> and he doesn't sound like wolverine yet yeah gene but oh. then we get a crazy oh. old maurice comes in this guy what's his name uh scottish old. nick nolte i put yeah. scottish clint eastwood <laughs> old tom i believe that's it old tom uh so he does not think it is a wolf what does he think he thinks it's a witch that's right this- uh, with snakes for hair <laughs> This old man goes on an amazing, like, way too long rant. Yo, way too long. We get, like, 30 seconds of him talking about this monster witch who, for some reason, needs to steal their sheep. Right. Also, why does he think it's a witch? He cites no evidence that implies that it's a witch. Right. It's not like it's these sheep have disappeared in, under mysterious circumstances. It's like, there's literally, aren't there wolf tracks? tracks and yes, blood there's and a shit. bloody wolf right. print. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, surely no wolf. She has snakes for hair and eyes that glow like coals. Well, what about the paw prints? Uh, and wolf paws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, witch stuff. Yeah. She has snakes for feet, and those snakes have wolf paws. And then they say that the witch waits for a boy that was born on the winter solstice. How did they know this? I don't know. Where he did, knows this for some reason. Where did reason. this information come from? Has he had long conversations with this witch? Who's the source on this witch? Is this more like anonymous sourcing? That's right. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> so know. So Mac wants to join the, the like the search party, and his yeah. dad is like, nope, this is like man's work. You can't join At us. At first he's stoked. He's like, ah, that's my boy. But no, you're staying fucking here, you little shit. Right. <laughs> he like really gives it to him. And then the 
other clansman starts teasing yeah. Duncan. He's a real asshole. About the woman. He's like trying to be Sam Neill. Like yeah. I read that too. I said, this is the scene in Jurassic Park where yeah. he tells the kid that he's eaten alive. Yeah. He's like, oh, they don't bite your throat like a lion. They cut you here or here. They cut you in the soft bits. And then he like puts his dagger on Duncan's butt. Yeah. This guy's like, like, this is creepy. Yeah. yeah this, was if, this was if Sam Neill was a child molester. <laughs> it is. This scene is gross. But then they stop at the hard part, like your head. They stop. Yeah. He stops at the hard part. That's right. Yeah. Oh. Well, there's also a, a mention of Deborah Campbell, which I thought was funny. Like, because yeah, you'll like, never marry her. Because uh-huh. Duncan like wet his pants when he saw her. So he's really Ew. into Debbie. Into Debbie. And peeing. <laughs> And P, he's in the P, P play. But Duncan decides they should go find the wolf because this is going to impress his father. So they're going to go off early and take care of wolf business. Uh, wolf business of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go out there and Robert's a little distracted because, quote, his head is full of witches and wolves, which is the weirdest thing ever to be said by a child. Yeah. Witches, wolves, and puppy dog tails. Mm-hmm. I like the way this is all shot. I think the woods look cool. Like it's like super misty and. The woods look cool. The parts with the wolf, uh, I think, they, do not they, look cool. They found some stock footage. Yeah. Or they just, like, ran a wolf. It's like, all right, <laughs> ran a wolf. this part, the wolf's just going to run from point A to point B. It's, the wolf never looks scary. No. I, the wolf I, is like a beautiful, cuddly wolf. Yeah. 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 This is definitely stock footage, right? I don't know. Maybe. I guess it could be. They're never in the yeah. same shot. No. 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 I mean, I mean probably, that could just be because it's a wolf yeah. and they're <laughs> children. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. It just like looked like the film grain looked different to me. Uh, I don't know. I just don't think they exist in the same place. It's possible. But so they're like shit. The wolf, <laughs> right? Right. But it's ghost from Game of Thrones. So Mac, in like a bit of heroism, tells Robert to like get out of there, and he tries to fend the wolf off with a stick. I kind of like this little tidbit. It shows Max like a stand-up guy. He's brave. Yeah. Stand-up boy. Uh, so the wolf, like, lunges at him, and we get, like, a smash cut. So we don't yeah. know what happened. It cuts, I guess, inside, like, Cassandra's cabin, and it cuts to a taxidermied wolf skin, which I have thoughts on later. But we'll get to that. Yes, as do I. So I'm like, wait, did she just kill the wolf? What just happened? I don't know. It's confusing. But he's, like, and looking around. And the cuts around. between the two are weird. Like, they, I mean, they had to make the whole thing very awkward to ensure they were never in the same shot for whatever right. reason they had to do it. So it just like looks like it's on another plane of existence. So we cut to like Cassandra's cabin. I like you said Eamon that like Max like looking around. This is really like slow. I was like this is kind of like a movie. Like TV shows don't spend this time of just a character like walking around a room. So I kind of appreciated that. But he goes outside and he gets a little peek. <laughs> yes, a little peek of some naked Cassandra. That's right. Mm-mm. Ew. <laughs> anyway, Duncan <laughs> thinks he might, uh, she might be an angel. So she comes out of the, the lake or whatever she's in, puts her robe on. Mm-hmm. So Duncan asks if she's the witch of the woods. And, and she, she's like, I'm not evil. Yeah, but she tells him, some people say I am. But she knows his name. She also knows he was born on the winter solstice. How does he know that? That he was born on the winter solstice? Yeah. Well, don't they? I feel like two times in this episode, they say born on the winter solstice and found on the winter solstice. And I was like, which is which? Yeah, because we know he's a foundling. So how do they know his exact birthday? Well, that's why it makes sense that he was found on the winter solstice. Did they find him still covered in birthing fluid and placenta? It's like, surely this child was just born. Check out his umbilical cord that's still attached. <laughs> Dunkbilical cord. Mm-hmm. So we cut back to the present in Max Loft. I don't know if you noticed all of Max's furniture is covered in like cloth. So Richie at some point was a nice guy and covered his 
stuff up? Yeah, he's like, I'm fucking pissed at this guy, but let me cover all of his stuff with a white sheet. Or do we yeah. think Evil Mac, before he left, <laughs> was like, hold on, I gotta take care of some things. I gotta get on the steamship, but first... Yep, I gotta I clean up the I apartment. Dust. <laughs> or maybe Joe did it. But Mac asked if she used magic to find him, and she jokingly says, like, oh, it's the 20th century, I used an ad agency. Ha 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 ha. An ad agency? <laughs> Detective agency. <laughs> Whatever. She hired the madmen to yep. find him. They put up billboards yeah. searching for steely eyed, <laughs> dark haired immortal. So then we cut to like some cliffs outside of Seacouver for no reason. It's like, let's just take a drive to have a talk. So she is telling Duncan about Roland Cantos. Right. And she's wearing another clingy, like crushed velvet dress. Yes. She looks like she's in a magical choir. She is. But Mac that's has actually, a turtleneck. Well, <laughs> as is his, that's like his uniform. Yeah. That's his superhero outfit. Turtlenecks only. Duncan says he goes back to the forest looking for her time and again, but never could find her again. Right. And so he thinks she was like a figment of his imagination or yes. something. Making it even more impressive that he remembers the sound of her voice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember what my imaginary friend sounded like when I had that delirious wolf dream. Then she tells him this prophecy, which is why she's like sought him out. And this is the clip Ugh. at the top of the episode. And so the prophecy reads, the prophecy tells of a Highland foundling born on the winter solstice who passes through darkness into light and survives to challenge the voice of death. It's like, okay. And so Duncan doesn't buy any of this fucking bullshit. And then she says she's waited centuries for the time to be right. And, like, I have questions about, like, why that is. But we'll, we'll get to it more as I things have, shake out. I have a million questions <laughs> about this. But. Uh, but then we get the buzz. And who shows up? Roland Contest. That's right. How did he find them? He used a detective he, agency. Yeah, detective, <laughs> like, no, he used he, the ad agency. He indicates that he has been looking for Duncan McCloud for 390 years. Yep. People find Duncan McCloud so easily. Like, by, seems to be by accident. Right. Yeah. yeah. People just stagger onto him. Like, what has he been doing? Like, how did he find him when he was 13? Is what I want to know. It's like, how did you have better leads to find him when he was a goddamn child than when he was a, an adult business owner? Right. <laughs> when the internet exists. Yeah. He has a business that's, like, called McCloud's Antiques. <laughs> yeah. With real estate in his name. And you can't find him for 390 God he was he was a professor at a at a That's major right. university. <laughs> I can't find him. <laughs> Where is he? Roland Cantos just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's what this means. That's my favorite region in Pokemon. <laughs> the Cantos region. <laughs> the Cantos oh, region. So he like points his sword at Mac, and Mac is like, "Oh, I guess I'll go challenge him." And Cassandra doesn't. Like Once she's like, again, don't nope. do it, don't, wait, don't. Let me not tell you anything. Don't stop. Doesn't say like. By the way, he's a magic man who will hypnotize you with his voice. It's yeah. just like you can't beat him. And Dunk's yeah, like, this I don't is know, more this sword fighter, like bad Highlander character explanations yeah. where they keep like the important Crucial part information. hidden. The other thing is Cassandra. Whenever she hears a quickening, she puts her hands up to her ears. Oh, Did like you the notice buzz? that? Yeah. 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 Not a quickening. A buzz. She's got yeah. the, the sensitive ears. Yeah. Right. She's like, ooh. <laughs> But I, I liked that. I don't know if I liked that touch or I hated it, actually. It's a weird kind of thing. It's like, like, I like that they're mixing it up a little bit, but I'm like, is this cool or is this stupid? Yeah. I think it worked. It's I like, fine. Like, I, like I, don't the know, sneezing. I don't think it was either. It was just fine. It's like the sneezing. I like the sneezing better, and I guess this isn't a funny episode. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a funny episode. So we get another flashback, though, back to 1606. And so Cantos has been looking for Mac for a long time, and his look, let's talk about his look. He's got, like, a fur coat thing, and he's got, like, a soul patch, which is... He looks good. I think he I looks like his, good. Yeah. Yeah, his costume, anyway. He's a weird-looking dude. 
So he is coming, and he claims, he basically describes the foundling Duncan MacLeod and right. says, I will know him when I see him. And it's like, that you wouldn't. Though I said, you saw this kid, he looked like a cabbage. <laughs> like, he looked like a lumpy mound of baby. And now you're going to find a, a tween and know what they look like? But he has this whole story that, like, oh, my wife was waylaid by, right. like, bandits 13 years ago, and my son was kidnapped, and I'll recognize him somehow. <laughs> right, right. How do you know he was kidnapped? What makes you think he's still alive? This story is very sweaty. Yeah. Well, that's true. Well, I guess also a good reason why Ian covers Storm, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, and also, I think this is a nice scene because, like, this is a, establishes a lot of, like, fatherly love for Duncan. Like, with him searching for him and be worried about him, and that he won't give him up to this guy who may even be his real father, as far as he knows. So it makes, like, his betrayal later, like, where he disowns his son, like, even worse, which is good. And then Mary gives it up that she basically says, oh, I know he's a foundling, but Right, she's, like, doing laundry, yeah. and but, like, somehow she's able to resist. Like, he does the voicey thing. And she's just voice. Like, nah. Nah. A mother's was, love. I mean, I remembered what the ultimate like super weapon against this guy was but i was like oh uh, uh, but initially i was like oh they're almost like teasing like what did his mom do that well, and then well the... she she gets out on a technicality he asks her where he is and she says hail mary mother of god the one you seek is not here oh, because right. he's not he's oh. in the forest yeah that makes sense. So that's yeah. like a little tricky. Oh, look at that. Yeah. She, so she like the system. She tricks him. Yeah. But she's still telling the truth. That is true. Yeah. Did you guys see the special features on the way they originally filmed this? Yes. Which is a weird. So she pulls a cross out of nowhere. Right. Like a giant Celtic cross. It's huge. And like shoves it in his face and then says like he's not here. And it makes yeah. you think like, wait, did like God, God... accept it? Yeah, right. Is he like a vampire? Yeah. <laughs> it like repels him? Cantula. <laughs> <laughs> so then we cut back to cassandra's cabin in the woods still in the flashback and mac wakes up from a dream and has like a wet dream about cassandra she was like what were you dreaming about it's like oh you and me were together what were, what we were you doing <laughs> this is gross which i have other right. thoughts on what this is too because i'm not sure it's quite a dream either she's a child predator <laughs> That was very melodic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm often this way when I speak about pedophilia. So Mac wants to leave, and she's like, no, you can't leave because, like, someone's in your village looking to, like, kill you or whatever. Uh, so then they, like, have this talk about the dream and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and she mentions Connor McCloud because I guess she's talking about, like, the kind of warrior Duncan's going to become. And don't you know about, you know, in your grandfather's time, didn't they tell a story? And he's like, oh, everyone knows about Connor, but that's just the story. So she mentions, like, oh, there might be more truth to all that sort of stuff. And then she's like, okay, you can go now. Your father's coming. And I was like, one second ago, you were like, you cannot leave. And yeah. now he can, it's fine. Now, like, did, we, say, did we talk about she kisses him? Yeah, she kisses oh, him. Yes. Yeah, no, that's the child predator. Bro. Oh, she's right. like, yeah, oh. give me that 13-year-old D. What the fuck? <laughs> this is gross. This is the second time this has happened. Like, even though technically he's old, Kenny... Yeah, and Amanda... Kisses Amanda. Yeah. Does someone in the writer's room have a real hard-on for this? I, apparently. I mean, you could at least give the Kenny one a pass, kind of, because sort it's of. like, yeah. well, at least he's old. Right. Like, he's, he's just in the body of a child. Right. This is legitimately a 13-year-old boy. Getting kissed by a God knows a how old A 2,000-year-old woman, woman or yeah. whatever it is. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> yep, not cool. But then we get a little, like, nice little bit of Duncan McLeod philosophy, like, oh, why, why weren't you afraid of the wolf? And he's like, well, don't you know, like, that... 
good always triumphs over evil and it's like well first like it's cutesy and nice and very boy scouty that duncan feels that way but also a wolf is not evil it's yeah, just it's, it's so, just a wolf it's just like hungry all right so this isn't like a battle of good versus evil it's just a, ma- a battle between like meat and a predator <laughs> yeah a battle between <laughs> meat and a predator. Yeah, I don't that's know. actually the plot of the movie Predator. Yeah, meat versus predator. predator. It's whoever wins, we lose. It's Sausage Party mixed with Predator, yeah. where like yeah. the hot dog from Sausage Party is fighting mariachi the salsa. Predator. So can, mariachi salsa. That's right. But then we get a thing where Mac is like, "Wait, you were the wolf." Yeah, and I was like, what? "What? What? 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 What?" So. Did she kill all those sheeps and their ram just to lure Duncan into the forest? Or does she, like, need what food? What if it didn't happen? And she just was like, where do I get food? I'll just steal it. I'll just eat raw lamb. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Like, and oh, I'll, me- I'll put this village's livelihood in danger on the off chance that Duncan will get lost in the woods. Oh, I no, guess she knows. All this. She, yeah, she prophesies it. So I guess. Yeah. I don't know. And that, there was there was a second I actually thought when they did that smash cut from like the wolf to the taxidermied like the wolf rug. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe there is no real wolf, but like his imagination, like she it's wears like a magic cloak or something. Or like she even wore yeah. it as like a cape. And it's like when they saw the white fur and the the head or whatever, they thought, oh, that's the wolf. And it, you know, was a thirteen year old's like, imaginative mind or whatever playing tricks on. Yeah. Him. If it was at night, I could buy that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not in the day. But it also yeah. doesn't make sense that there is also wolf, on giant wolf prints giant and, wolf and blood, yeah. and dead <laughs> sheep, and all this stuff. Also, you, isn't that in the Watcher Chronicles? Didn't they say that like the battle between the Campbells and the the McClouds was started over like some stolen sheep? Yeah, well, oh. someone even posits like maybe yeah. someone's stealing it. All right? And he's like, "Nay, it's a wolf." I like the idea so that Cassandra she was started stealing, all this yeah, she shit. Stole, yeah. stole it. Good job, Cassandra. Yep. She starts a war, molests a child. <laughs> She can do whatever she wants. She can just be like, I prophesize. <laughs> and then she just does it. And then she's like, I'm going to tongue punch you now. Yep. So yeah, she turns into the wolf. And she can, I guess, also turn into like an ice bucket and other things. An ice bucket? Yeah. Like the Wonder Twins? Like the Wonder Twins. Like the Wonder Twins, yeah. So Mac ends up leaving. I like the way this is shot. I, I kind of imagine that this is like a fake doorway that he walks through because like it's all one shot. It's kind of cool. Like he runs out into the woods, meets his dad, but then the camera pans around and there's no, and there's no cabin. So I think they kind of like just had him walk through like a doorway that was designed to look like the cabin. And then they like shuffled it to the side. That's my guess. Yeah. It's 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 nice. Yeah. It's good. It is very good. Nice job. Rex Ragland. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a pool shark. (laughs) Yeah. The name's Raglan. Rex Raglan. So uh, there's also like a, a stone there. Do you even see this like druid stone thing that's got like three crescent moons on it? Is it a Stonehenge? <laughs> it's a Stonehenge. <laughs> it's yes. a Stonehenge. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. But that'll come back later. I liked um, Kantos's stance when he first challenges Duncan. He does like a lion thing where he like puts the sword over his eyes. to his eyes. <laughs> and th- it was weird when he yelled thunder, thunder, thunder after that. That's Panthro, come to my aid. <laughs> <laughs> it was always a- it was always about Panthro. Right. So we're back in the present now, and yeah, Roland and Duncan are squaring off, whatever. Uh, Anyway, they're squaring off, and Roland is like, you lasted all this time just as the prophecy foretold. He's Which, again, is like that. How does he know the prophecy? And the prophecy does not mention that. Who's telling like who I well, I've got so many questions. (laughs) But the prophecy doesn't say that he'll last, like, that's not in there. There's, I think there's different competing prophecies. <laughs> there's competing prophecies? Yeah. 
I like Duncan. Duncan has a lot of good one-liners in this. This is good. He says, yeah, you can too if you just walk away. And Duncan says, like, I don't believe, or don't you believe in signs or something? He's like, yeah, like, stop don't, or don't, don't turn don't, on don't red. Don't litter. Don't step on the grass. <laughs> I prefer rest in peace. There is no rest in peace <laughs> sign. Sign, right. That's, <laughs> that's not a, a sign. That's, a, that's an epitaph. <laughs> <laughs> I wish Duncan For said Tommy. something about that. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, that. a gravestone is not a sign. <laughs> what if gravestones have been signs the whole time? I mean, I guess. Every time you drive by a graveyard, you're supposed to observe. Oh, beloved certain... father. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 I, I believe in signs. Beloved father. I'd rather be in Philadelphia. Proud mother of a Temple University <laughs> grad. Yeah. So then we get Baby uh, on board. <laughs> that Robbie Coltrane sax music coming in, screeching and wailing. So they're fighting it's on the rocks, cool and there's fight. like some sped up footage which is seems to be happening a little bit more in this season, season which i'm confused about but yeah it's there but then he's uh doing the little spooky voice i don't know what to call this we need a name for the spooky voice the power of suggestion power of spookgestion okay. or we could just call it spooky voice spooky i'm fine with calling it for spooky voice spooky uh voice. so he tells that's mac he's like official, you're already that's finished. now the official highlander rewatch style guide is that this power is called spooky, spooky voice. voice yeah he tells mac he's tired he's like you can feel it you're fighting through quicksand your legs can't move and so mac is like stumbling all over the place he can't fight your sword's getting heavy you can barely lift it and so he asks mac to like close his eyes so it's easy and so then cassandra's like resist resist guess that's not really cutting the mustard yeah and then she black canaries yeah, she out just of nowhere screams like a bat <laughs> yep. and, and this, somehow this snaps him out of i it. don't know why didn't she do that the whole time <laughs> <laughs> so mac like falls off the cliff so she's just got to like do her snarf voice to do it oh, and when he falls down there's like a bunch of breaking bone sounds he's a crunch crunch i was like jesus christ i am so confused by the geography of all this because he falls gets totally messed up and then, like, the car is right there. Right. So where are they? Like, the, does does the, sh- the shout transport him through space and time yeah. to be right The way they the show car? this in the wide shot, it doesn't look like where it is. And now it's there. And yeah, it's really like, weird. Uh, did she drive the car down? Yeah. Does she have a, does she have a driver's license? But then she She's picks... She's a witch, not yeah. a... Like, she, Mac is not toast. Blind. And she yeah. picks up... Mac must weigh, what, 220 pounds at least? She Easy. lifts him up with witch powers, I guess. Yeah. Or she's just jacked. Yeah, she's jacked. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then at this point, Cantus, like, lays down on the rocks. And at this point, I was like, oh, is he, like, frustrated or tired? And then very quickly, we find out he's, like, He's exhausted. a sleepy sailor. Yep. So we cut to Max Loft. And so what's happening here? She's like, oh, we have some time. Using power drains Cantus to strength. And Duncan is like, what was that? And don't tell me it's magic. Uh, bad news. It's magic. Also, yeah. what else would it be? <laughs> Literally, what else? Also, at this point, like the, the way the scene opens up, Cassandra goes, I told you he was dangerous. It's like, no, no you, you didn't. didn't. You fucking <laughs> didn't at all. Like, all this is your fault. are dangerous. They have swords. Yeah, it's like, like mention the mind control powers. Yeah, really. Like, like did you just meet, like, the, a totally fair interpretation is that this guy's a better fighter than you. Right. And Duncan's like, well, we'll see. Right. Um, I got that McCloud power. Yeah. I pull it out. Mind yeah. control. Speaking also, I think voice. we should make note that Cassandra's name is a K name, but starts with C, which I think is kind of a clue to like the the viewers. Like, oh, like what do we make of this character? Like, is she good? Is she bad? Who's to say? Who's spooky? <laughs> so yeah, so Mac doesn't believe her still because he's a fucking idiot. Yeah, he's been been like a demon monster. What other magical things? There's been a magical sh- stone. There's been shadows. <laughs> There's been shadows. <laughs> with what's that guy's name? Begins with a G. Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah, Shadow the Hedgehog. Shadow the Hedgehog. 
Garrus? Garuk? That was Ga- Garrett from Shadows, right? Yeah. yeah. And he had, like, dream powers. Yeah. He Which is adjacent to this guy's yeah, powers. project ring wraiths. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, what is... So anyway, we find out that Kantos used to be a student of Cassandra's. Yeah. And when there Which, was nothing left, I guess she could teach him, he, like, betrayed her. Yeah. So, again, when did this prophecy get made that she didn't know that, like, the voice of death was him? This prophecy also sucks because it's only this episode. <laughs> It's, it's so not strange. like a greater thing about Duncan. Nope. It's like you're going to beat this one guy. Yeah. Like, great. I've beaten 50 guys in the past <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, As we come to find out, his kryptonite is just don't listen to him. So, like, it's not even like. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, spoiler it's, it's like not even like he's that dangerous. Like, there was no journey. No. And so she, I guess, says she used to be stronger than Kantos. She's not anymore for whatever reason. And she hasn't been practicing. And she's like, Mac, you're the only person that can beat him. And she's like, because of the prophecy. And she's like, it's all come true. And I'm like, what is all come true? Like, there's two lines in this prophecy. Yeah, as far as we know, he was born on the winter solstice. It's like, okay. Probably not. And so the only thing that needed to come true was, I guess, passing from darkness into light. Which is which is all something wicked, I guess. Yes, I guess. Or maybe to. just going through a tunnel. Yeah, yeah. sure. But Duncan's like, this what the prophecy fuck? never anticipated the existence of tunnels. Right. Duncan's like, what the fuck? Why didn't you like tell me about Tessa dying? Or this is great. Any of that stuff? <laughs> no, that is like a really good line. And she's like, oh, it doesn't work like that. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> how does it work? I thought that when he was like. Oh, like, you knew about Tessa dying? Oh, it doesn't work like that. It's like, well, what did you see? Like, what yeah. in that instance would have made you think, I shouldn't warn Mac at all? What glimpse of the, her future did you see that wasn't worth a mention? Or a phone call saying, like, hey, things are looking kind of dicey. Like, Yeah, and, like, what insight did she have that Roland Cantos was going to come to the village at that exact moment such that she needed to lure him away? Yeah. Right? And that she knew when he was gone. Okay, you can leave now. Bye. So, we get the buzz again. Cassandra's buzz is, like, higher. Did anyone notice that? Which I kind of like. It's like a little shimmery sort of buzz Mm. sound. She Uh, does her jazz hands again. (laughs) Yeah. But she's like, Roland must be stronger now. Like, it used to take him longer to, like, recoup. So, Max's like, well, I gotta go deal with this. And she's like, no, you can't. And she, like, magic power roofies him to, like... Get him out of there. Also, Max's an asshole for being like, I'll get it this time. Like, it's no, you won't. What's different? You Nothing. You haven't figured anything out. I like when Cantos is in the elevator, the light going through the elevator, like, window slats. I thought that was nice film making. Yes. But Darkness, she does She does the spooky voice on Window Mac. slats. Window <laughs> slats. But she does the spooky voice yeah. on Mac. Yeah. She spooky yeah. voice roofies him. Yeah, and violates his free will. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, like any good friend. <laughs> so then Cantos is a little too late, and then he sees a picture of Mac and Tessa and rips it. Yes, it's a uh, it's a, a picture it. from Mountain Men, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> McClown, Duncan McClown. So yeah, so he takes the. Uh, what if that guy had the spooky voice? Yeah. <laughs> Your legs, your legs are heavy. <laughs> then he, he, says he says three, three can play at this game. And I was what like, what mean? game? Also, who who's these? the th- who are the three? Is it Cassandra, Cantos, and Duncan? I, I guess. guess it has to and be. what's the game? I don't know. Just walking away. <laughs> I, yeah, not I don't fighting. Know. Three can play this game of not fighting me. <sighs> so he leaves out those. Uh, I was very excited to see the return of those spiral stairs that lead to like the roof. Yeah, <laughs> good stuff. They're anyway, back, baby. So we cut outside in like a public park roundabout place, which I guess is holy ground. It looks like just a traffic circle. 
Yeah, that's exactly what it looks. But there's is a it, cross is it there. A cemetery? I think it's a cemetery, yeah. which they eventually run through, and it is filled with wooden makeshift crosses. Yeah, it's like real dicey. Yeah, ah, those aren't going to last because they're wooden. Yeah, well, no, they're signs. You got to read the signs. Yeah, but, yeah, these are rest in peace signs. signs yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, Cassandra says like you the... felt his power for po- powerful. You felt his power, and the prophecy is at hand. And I was like, what? What do you mean it's? At- I don't understand any of the they urgency. Keep... Like, what part of the prophecy is at hand right now? Like, I wish there was more to this. That There's made nothing sense. to it. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. gobbledygook. <laughs> it's just like whatever she says is the prophecy is the yeah. prophecy. And we're just like, oh, okay. The prophecy's at hand because it's the season opener and we need a splashy idea. <laughs> like, yeah. that's it. So they decide they're just going to hang out there and kind of figure out what their game plan is. Which doesn't work out so well for them. Uh, so we should talk about, well, she's she once again reiterates the prophecy. Yes, at this for the point. fifth time. But this is a different prophecy, I believe. She now says... An evil one will come to vanquish all before him. Only a highland child born on the winter solstice who has seen both darkness and unlight can stop him. That's like mild to moderately differently. Yeah, but it's like, it's weird that it is different. It's like before it was passes through darkness into light and now it's seen darkness and light. It's like, like, is that that everyone? I guess, but like that legitimately means something different. And I'd like my prophecies to be specific. Oh, cool. Or else they're not really a prophecy. (laughs) Oh, really? It's almost like prophecies are sweaty concepts. right. (laughs) And then the child and man part is like tacked on. Oh, yeah, that's new. She didn't mention the child man thing before at all. It's like, what the fuck is this prophecy? Duncan pulls the script out and is like, wait a minute. Uh, Was she (laughs) prophesizing Duncan's hot bod when she was making out with his 13 year old self? Is that what was happening? What if Duncan grew up to be just like a fat slob? (laughs) She's got a type. So, anyway, we now cut to the Metropolitan Police station and these two fucking dirtbag cops are sitting on the roof of their cop car and discussing like a woman that was wearing a bikini that they pulled over missing missing persons is downtown (laughs) this is insane so can't well first kyle what what is what are they talking about this girl she's like her bikini is just two straps and a band-aid where's the band-aid which part of the bikini is the band-aid? I think the part that covers your nipples. It's a giant band-aid that covers like both nipples? Or is it no, I think two, two tiny little band-aids. It's two band-aids. I he just says held my fingers he up says, to my nipples. He says a band-aid. Oh. So what's the physics of this? Maybe it's downtown. The band-aid's downtown? Maybe. Yeah, she's topless. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Interesting. Either way, this guy's gross. And so are we. <laughs> right. So but Cantos comes over and He's like, I need help finding someone. And then these guys are just assholes. And they're hey, just like, hey, uh, fuck off. Mr. Persons is downtown, buddy. And then they just go right back into talking. Yeah. It's like, well, you guys aren't helpful at all. Seacover is fine. Yep. <laughs> so I'm being lecherous, right? Yeah. Uh, so then he magic mans them. Yep. To basically somehow get the entire Seacover Police Department to initiate a massive manhunt. A Mac hunt. Mac hunt, yeah. Well, I guess these cops just put out like an APB saying like, hey, we're looking for this guy and other cops believe it. And Adrian Paul Bullitt. <laughs> <laughs> Adrian Paul Bullitt, that's right. <laughs> the Highlander Rewatched podcast is proud to announce the release of a brand new book of short stories from acclaimed Highlander writer Maury Ravinsky. Maury Ravinsky is responsible for penning such Highlander classics such as The Fighter, Brothers in Arms, The End of Innocence, and 
unusual suspects. Maury's new book, The Heart and Other Strangers, is a masterfully executed collection of short fiction. Don't take my word for it. Listen to legendary Highlander producers and writers David Abramowitz, Gillian Horvath, and Donna Letta. You will know from all of his writing, including his Highlander episodes, that this is a man who really understands the inner mythologies that humanity has in common across society. He really explores the questions and connections that drive us. I really admired Maury's writing on Highlander and also his novel Greenkeeper was great. So I followed him to Saskatchewan in the coldest winter in 122 years to work with him on MythQuest. And I don't regret it. I love Maury's book. It had heart and charm, humor and sex and schmaltz, which means it's heart, but it's heart that's dripping with sentiment. The Heart and Other Strangers features 10 brand new stories, such as The Bare Naked Morning of Mama LeBeau, A Placebo Fairy Tale, Little Jeffy's Penis, Doc and the Bungalow Queen, and more. You know, Maury's a wonderful writer, and has always been a wonderful writer. He comes at things from a very different angle, from a very interesting angle, and a very humorous angle in this, in this book of delightful short stories. I think it's wonderful. Head to theheartandotherstrangers.com to order your paperback or Kindle edition of the book, learn more about the author, and discover Maury's other books, such as his acclaimed debut novel, Dreamkeeper, which was named to the Los Angeles Times Best Books of the Year, or his other book of short stories, Meeting God or Something Like It. The Heart and Other Strangers injects layers upon layer of texture and meaning into every tale. Ravinsky writes that rarest of animals, literature. Order The Heart and Other Strangers today. Pick up a copy of The Heart and Other Strangers. You won't regret it. I urge you to buy Maury Ravinsky's new book. Buy this book before everyone else does. Order your paperback or digital copy at theheartandotherstrangers.com today. Ravinsky is a knowing and wise guide through the ventricles and oracles of the human condition. Enjoy the ride. So we cut back to the previous scene in that weird cemetery park, and Mac is going on about like not believing in destiny and nothing is written. And Cassandra's like, "Did you or did you not pass in from darkness into light?" He's like, "I guess I did." <laughs> and then like he sees a vision of his childhood self, and they're like staring at each other, and he's like, "Did you do that?" <sighs> I helped. It's like what the fuck. What does that mean? I don't you know. Helped. Also, this this whole thing about, like, oh, like, the prophecies about, like, someone who, oh, I guess it's because it's a Highland child that passed from darkness into light. Because it's like, if that's the, the crucial thing, I was like, why isn't this prophecy about Darius? Like, he passed from darkness into light. Actually, it makes more sense because <laughs> Duncan passed from light into dark back into light. Yeah. Where I think you could argue that someone like Darius legitimately was bad. <laughs> And then so it's like the, more, yeah. more, that's more specific. But then Duncan's like, I murdered women and children <laughs> in front of their husbands. Oh, so maybe he did, he went from light into darkness, into light, 
in the darkness. Sure. Back in the light. And he was literally in the darkness episode. That's right. He was in the episode. And this is season episode. five. So now he's passed <laughs> from darkness into light, into studies in light. Yeah. Are it all Tessa, comes together. Yeah. Tessa was alive in studies of light, though. Oh, well. Wamparino. Yep. I don't know. This is all bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So Mac asks Cassandra, like, teach him. Like, well, why don't you teach me powers? And she's like, it doesn't work like that. Like, what? why not? Roland, I guess, had power, like, had the gift, and she was able to teach him. But, like, Mac just doesn't have it. You don't got a kid. Yeah. You don't got the magic. <laughs> the magic is inside you all. Maybe the real magic is the friends you made along the way. <sighs> so, yeah. So, if you're the man who was the child, and then, yeah, we get this young Mac scene. And young Mac says, I saw the man I am to become, and I liked it. And I was like, all right. Uh, like, uh. <laughs> kind of weird. Mm. Is that like the Katy Perry song? It is just like that. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the man I become, and I liked it. <laughs> So then the cops get to jump on old Dunky. Yeah, they do. And <laughs> they pull their guns out right holy away. Holy ground don't matter to the Seacouver police. Yeah. Mac decides to assault some cops. Oh, she's yeah. Like, he's like, can't you do something about this? Her response? No. No. She can't use her scream. Why can't she, she use She can't do her spooky voice. voice. She used all of her juice transporting Mac to that boy self. <laughs> boy self. <laughs> Darkness, 69, boy so, self. Then we get a, a chase through the cemetery, down some alleys, saxophone music, and then Mac gets the fucking saxophone. hit with a car. I like the stunt. It's kind of cool. Oh, this stunt's awesome. Yeah. Mac gets housed. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's Doogie Hauser'd. It's insane. Like, they very intentionally hit him with that car. Like, that is some serious police brutality. Right. Like, T. Cooper has a problem in their uh, police yeah, force. Like, do. the episode with um, The Innocent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they hit, they him, hit him, and then they just throw him in the back of a car. Yeah. And they're like, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> what was his name? Our listeners are screaming at us, right? Mikey. Mikey. Yeah, Mikey. That's right. Mikey. They hit Mikey I knew with he the was car. A <laughs> yeah. And now they're like totally fucking Mac up. I was worried about this. I'll chalk it up to I think that, well, the two people that hit him are like the brainwashed ones. So it makes sense that they're like off the rails. If it was yeah, the but other these cops. are just like other cops, right? No, not the cops that hit him. Oh, the cops that hit him. Because I thought that at first too. I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, this is awful. But yeah, it's the brainwashed cops that get him. So, so then that means that's a, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Right, exactly. That's fine. How long does this brainwashing power last? That he can send them on for these guys forever. Yeah, on a freewheeling manhunt <laughs> for hours, for hours to find Duncan McLeod, and it like the power sticks. But right. also, is is there isn't a scene right where like one cop sees McLeod and is like, "Hey, I think this is like the McLeod guy," right? No, like they just, they just pull up, pull up and find him somehow. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? I don't know. Also, what happens to this all points bulletin? Yeah, when does canceled? it get rescinded? Right. Is Mac just wanted? I think that's it. Yeah. Forever? Like, well, oh, yeah. oh, I see. Right, right. Because all the other cops think Mac really needs to be arrested for right. whatever reason. Yeah. Also, he assaulted a bunch of cops. Oh, yes. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, he's committed some serious felonies here. Yeah, don't worry. He'll be in a police station in two episodes from now just walking and talking to people. Yeah. <laughs> they don't seem to mind. He's yeah. their buddy. This whole thing is very strange. Like, <laughs> telling Mac your legs are tired, like, makes this guy need to, like, lay down and, like, have a siesta. Yeah. And, like, organizing the entire Seacouver to Police Department to have, like, a multi-hour manhunt is <laughs> totally fine. So we now cut to this abandoned warehouse place, and these cops drag Mac out of the car. And continue to beat the shit out of right. him. Right. And so they bring him inside, and <laughs> Roland is like, cuff him. And I'm like, he wasn't cuffed this whole yeah. time? Like, what the fuck? You're cops. You have, like, two tools. Yeah. Why didn't they cuff him? Who knows? So then Roland makes the decision to just not kill him? Yeah. 
Just do it. He right sends then. the cops away, and they're like, so back to this Band-Aid bikini. Right. And yeah. it's just like, okay, now you can yeah. so, fulfill so, the prophecy. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. The prophecy says I do this tomorrow. Is he so tired? Well, so what happens is he, he sends the cops away, but makes them forget. Like, So right. he has to use his powers again, I guess. To make is them that forget. why he's scared to face him? Because he, he uses his power. Him, but that's he's handcuffed. He's handcuffed right. and unconscious, basically. Like, yeah. is he really that fucking, <laughs> you know, run down that he just can't even lift a sword and just chop Max's head off? No, fucking it's James Bond shit. Dum-dum. <laughs> I will tell you my plan and kill you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, so can- this is how they excuse it. Cantus is like, they can't hear you because he asks them to wait. McLeod asks them to wait. And right, he right. Says, they can't hear you as far as they know you don't exist. Right. So they're like, but then why doesn't he kill them? Lazy, yep. lazy writing, like, like they'll forget or something. Well, I think that was the, that's the idea with the cops. But like, yeah. at I'm this point, why does Cantus just not can't... pick up his sword and kill Mac? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And Mac has his sword. Does Mac go home and get the sword? And then come back? I mean, that that is not made explicit in the episode, but it's like, also, like, why don't you take his sword away? I don't understand Kantos' plan. He says, I'll be back when I'm ready. Ready for Ready for, one. yeah. <laughs> Chop his head off. The yeah. end. The end. I did it. <laughs> yeah. I the know. one who passes from darkness into light will be and, spared by random coincidences. <laughs> it's all prophecies. The, Kantos also has a comment about the, children freak him out. Can yeah. you talk about that? <laughs> It's uh, weird. It's weird. It's like, oh, is this just to make him more evil? Like, oh, he doesn't even yeah. like kids. Oh, gross. What a monster. Mm-hmm. Whoever has their enemy handcuffed and then waits at night. <laughs> yeah. So so Kantos leaves and Mac picks the lock in like two seconds and it's like, I'm done. <laughs> Hooray. So Mac needs to get some advice from his younger self. Yeah. So he's hanging out, lighting matches <laughs> and being like, lighting nothing, matches. nothing is written. Like Mac is in denial this is a strange matches. thing that they've leaned on, like that Mac yeah. does not believe in destiny, but it clearly exists in this world, I suppose. And like Mac's yeah, well, not like, accepting that with or the something wicked one or deliverance, there's weird stuff like this. Young Mac and old Mac have like a dreamscape thing where they meet <laughs> and they touch hands, it's like zap. And like Duncan has to like very much resist like giving him spoilers about his own life. Oh, God, it's great. This is actually kind of sad, because yeah. young Duncan is like, oh, I'll be a chieftain. And, and he's like, like ah. Yeah, and you do, do Do you hear, like, audio clips of, like, him getting disowned? I can't remember if that's in here. I think that's later. Oh, it's that's later. During, during think, the quickening, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then he's like, oh, I'm going to marry Deborah Campbell. Like, and he's like, Ugh. And I'll have a bunch of strong sons. Son? He's like, ooh. And he's like, daughters? That's actually pretty good. <laughs> Duncan turns into Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> oh, I'm dying here. Or Woody Allen. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> I was wondering about the Rodney Dangerfield. I get no respect. Yeah. He just starts saying. <laughs> yeah. Young Duncan eventually gives him the same shtick of like, good will always triumph over evil. Do you not know that? Right. And he's like, no, you don't understand. He has like a magic power that like when he speaks, like you did blah, blah, blah. And he's like, then don't listen. That's like the massive insight. There so, yeah. it is. The and that's how a child moment. helps him defeat it. And that's I, like, aha! Right. And there's a candle in here i wonder what that's gonna be used for (laughs) (laughs) well it's good thing he had those matches am i right yeah that's yeah yeah so i have a question here so in the earlier dream thing that young mac has like they they do hint here that these aren't dreams like he goes they're visions yeah like that he's there right i feel like yeah they kind of do hint that right and so say that again that like this isn't just a dream like there seems to be some actual transportation like 
Young Mac is getting like that they're time traveling or in whatever. a weird way, like yeah. his consciousness is transported or something. It's some bullshit magic thing, which I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. But I feel like in this instance, I'm like, this creates some sort of like Terminator time travel paradox. Like Young Mac travels to the future to warn Old Mac about a problem, but then Young Mac doesn't remember doing that. Does that make sense? We just know the yeah. context, I guess. I guess not. Yeah. Or he forgot. He forgot that he remembers Cassandra's voice. All right, so we cut to later on, maybe the next day, who knows when, but Kanto shows back up at the old tunnel. Finish your beauty sleep. So yeah. they start a fight. This all looks fine, I guess. And like, yeah. Which Mac was left with his sword. Of course. Of dumb. course. Dumb, 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 oh, dumb. Yeah. <laughs> the world's worst villain and worst cops. Who are these cops who transported him without removing his bladed weapon? weapon? That's a great question. So anyway, so the fight's going just like last time. Same shtick. Your arms are tev- tevy, heavy. You're tevy. tired. Your arms are tevy. <laughs> uh, so this goes on and on. And then Mac pulls the old switcheroo, and it's he's not that tired at all. Well, he's not tired at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he cuts the shit out of Cantos and does like a little like eyebrow raise. Yeah, I've died on like, the hey, hey, ain't I a stinker? <laughs> 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 Roland Cantos is dead. Yes, <laughs> very good. So Mac <laughs> takes his head, and then we get a quickening. What happens to this quickening? We get some uh, old footage of, where do I come from? And some other clips of, like, the prophecy again. The triple crescent thing. He's, like, burned into the ground. Yeah. It's like, all right, whatever that what is. What is that about? That's the the th- the the rock. The rock, of, yeah, right. The symbol. For I don't earlier. know what it means. Is that like but, Cassandra's symbol, or yeah, I guess boom. It's her logo. Yeah. How many times are we gonna hear this prophecy? Yeah. So then there's a voiceover with Cassandra saying the prophecy again. Is it the same prophecy? I don't remember. It's probably a new one. Yeah. So did we say that Duncan had wax in his ears? Well, he pulls it out. Yeah. Yes, yeah. right after he kills him, yeah. the reveal to the audience. It's like couldn't hear a thing, and he pulls the wax out of his ears. So earplugs. Yes, was the that's so it. The prophecy should have just been: there will one day be a man who discovers you can put things in your ears to filter out sound. <laughs> Maybe, it's not much of a magic power. It's a pretty good magic power, just like with one big weakness. Yeah, yeah like a huge weakness. <laughs> it's like there was nothing special about Mac. No, that's the that's the problem with this prophecy. Is it well, isn't no, the, about him really? The special thing is he can commune with a. Like, 400-year-old child version of himself. Also, hold on. Here's a thought. Like, Mac is like, oh, can you teach me magic? And she's like, no, you don't have it. You don't got the goods. And then, like, two minutes later... Two minutes later! <laughs> yes. He, he's able to have a time-traveling phone, time phone call with himself. And he's like, did you do that? And she's like, I helped. Meaning that Mac did most of it. So it's like, does Mac have magic or not? Right? Fuck. Fuck! I don't know. It's absurd. <laughs> it's so weird. The Walkman sh- is this guy's weakness, basically. Like, yeah, like having earbuds in yeah. is his weakness. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you. I was listening to "I Think We're Alone Now" by Tiffany. Yeah. Uh, so the denouement of this episode, we cut back to the loft. Little candles burning. Cassandra's in like a white dress this time. Oh yeah, and then Max kind of a dick. He's like, "Well, uh, the prophecy's fulfilled. Like you can leave. Like you can get out of here." And she's like, "Well, there's only there's one more thing." So she does her Columbo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. One more, one thing. more thing. One more thing. One more thing. A uh, basset hound comes out. <laughs> uh, and one she's more like, thing. 
eat this puss. Oh, <laughs> she's like, so- this is for mommy. <laughs> and so she's like, it's not part of the, the prophecy. Yeah, it's for mama. And she starts like undressing Mac. It's like, this is disgusting. <laughs> this is creepy, right? It's gross. Yeah, it's like went, you knew him as a 13 year old boy. kissed him as a 13 year old boy. This and is like she grooming. Was, she like wanted, yeah, exactly. she <laughs> yeah. like wanted some more. There's and some, it's like, give me some more. <laughs> There's like some bass porn music. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, and that's the episode. Oh, and they, well, they make out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody take that and turn it into a beat <laughs> on a song. Somebody make a Highlander rewatched uh, remix song using clips from the podcast. There we go. Yeah. And I'll give you a high five. All right. It's true. So, yeah. We'll put it on iTunes. So, yeah. before we talk about this episode, should we play a little game? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hey friends, we're going to play a little game called Three in Five. That is the game where uh, I will name a category and you will have five seconds to name me three examples that fall within that category. You get one point for each correct answer and a bonus point if you get all three. You guys ready to play? I am ready. I have prophesied that I will lose. (laughs) I thought that was about to be like a nice, uh, like a six slam, but you know, you got to have a little more confidence in yourself, buddy. I do. I do. Keith. Yes, sir. This episode's called Prophecy. Name me three prophets. Um, John the Baptist, uh, Miss Cleo, and <laughs> uh, some other prophet. Uh, Nostradamus? Is that kind sure. of a prophet? Yeah, I'll give you all those. Uh, Miss Cleo. That's a get. That's yeah. a good one. <laughs> yeah, was not what I was thinking. Oh, no? Well, you know, I'm giving it to you. She's I one of my favorite prophets. <laughs> yeah. Miss Cleo. Miss Cleo. Uh, Was she busted for tax evasion or something? No, she first first saw it and (laughs) escaped to, like, Switzerland or wherever. (laughs) Fled the jurisdiction. Amen. Yes. Uh, Mac, in this episode, is a chosen one of prophecy. Can you name me from any form of media three other chosen ones? Oh, there's Neo. Uh, There is... uh, Does Frodo count? Um... Shoot, I should be able to think of another one. I'm Duncan McLeod. <laughs> I, I said, oh, I said, said other said ones. Yeah. I am going to give you Frodo, but I am not sure he that he counts. Yeah, I don't know if he Anakin does. Skywalker. Oh, you were supposed to be the chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> you were supposed to bring balance to the force, not destroy it. <laughs> Anakin Palpatine is evil. I like that, like, exasperated line reading. <laughs> In my opinion, it is the Jedi that are evil. Then you are truly lost. That movie is so fucking terrible. It's awful. The first time I saw it, I felt like like I was, like, I'd been so battered by the last two movies. Like, the Delta made it almost mm. seem good. Because it's, like, definitely better than Attack of it's the It's the best of them. Yeah, yeah, and then I was just like, ugh, No. That one, terrible. that one and The Matrix 3, I lied to myself in the movies. Oh. And I was like, no, that, that was good. <laughs> I'm yeah. doing a rewatch of The Matrix trilogy. I'm not up to three yet. I'm Ugh. interested to see how that holds up. It's not good. I'm halfway through number two. Ooh, boy. <laughs> All right. We, we derailed this <laughs> Yes, game. we did. What's up next? Question. The second. Keith, name me three immortals with magical powers. Uh, Garrett, Cassandra, Cantos. Kane. All right, I will give you Kane. I don't think the guy's name is Garrett. I think it is. It's Garrick. Oh, oh Garrick. Shit. 
But Derek. you snuck in Kane, so I will give it to you. Kane. Most people said I had the power of illusion. Oh. Nobody said that. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> said that. Nobody said that. <laughs> Most. People. Oh no, I'm the master of illusion. Fuck, yeah. It was your little immortal pecker that couldn't do the pecking. <laughs> Jesus. That's. St- <laughs> oh my. God, I wish Connor was just like. Uh, actually, nobody said that. <laughs> you've, no been, you've been in asleep history. for four hundred years. Yeah, you got the power of illusion and then immediately died. Amen. <laughs> yes. Name me three immortals who are bald or balding. <laughs> God damn it, uh, Cantos. Ah oh, shit. Balding. Uh, oh oh, the Kurgan. Uh oh shit. I can't remember anymore. Two. Ooh, wow. That's yeah. a tough one. Sultan Laszlo, was he bald? He had a hat. He had a hat. Yeah. So who's to say? Uh, I, I know there's other ones. The guy from... Um, bald what? Immortals. Yeah. <laughs> I would have given you Thorn, yeah. uh, who's balding. The the guy from Crossfade, oh, yeah, yeah, St. Yeah, yeah. Antoine. Oh, I guess Xavier. I, is is he kind of bald? He's balding, sort of. Yeah. Does he have a really aggressive widow's peak? Yeah, yeah. maybe. I would have given you Jonathan Banks. Right. Oh yeah. Um, Who's the Kurgan one? Kurgan was a good pull. Yeah. Who's the uh, one from the, the guy cur- from the not the colonel, the guy who is a colonel in uh, was it not nowhere to run? What's it called? Where's it nowhere to run? Nowhere to run. Right. The the, the rape house one? plot. Yeah. yeah. The Home Alone. Yeah. yeah. Who's that the guy? Who's the praying guy? That was the Knight of the Templar. Damon Case. Yes. He would have been pull, a good. Would have would have been a good one. I said, who's the praying guy? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I am an idiot. <laughs> Next, you know this one. Uh, let's see how we do. Keith, who were named five, three immortals with long hair. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a bit. Uh, Keith, Cassandra was the mythical truth teller from the Trojan War. Name me three Trojans who participated in the Trojan War. Damn, uh, Achilles. Um, nope, Trojan. No, isn't he there? He's there. That's participating. He's not a Trojan. Oh, they have to be Trojans? That was the... God <laughs> damn it. I'm going to Well, I lose. Nope, I'm, I can't name anybody. Restart the clock. Uh, what's, um, oh, what's the dad's name? Damn it. Paris. You, good example. Oh, Paris. Paris or Hector. Mm. Sarpedon. Uh, oh, Sarpedon. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of my favorite movie, Troy. Yeah. Just kidding. Oh. Of Troy. Amen. Name me three Greeks who participated in the Trojan War. Oh, well, Achilles. <laughs> Thanks, Keith. You're um, right. Shit, uh, Agamemnon. That's what yeah. I was trying to think of. Uh, and oh, who's the G one? Um, Giovanni. <laughs> Giovanni. That's a classic Greek name. Giovanni. Is Odysseus a Greek? Yes, he is. Uh, there's one I always forget who has like godlike powers, but isn't Achilles. Huh. And I can never remember his name. Anyway, Is Ajax the Lesser, Ajax, Ajax the Greater. I like those Ajax cheese puffs. <laughs> oh no, those are just Jacks. Those are just Jacks. Just Jax. All right, I'm going to give you four points to keep it interesting. Who? I think, wow. I, I, think, uh, I think technically he went over the... Uh, over, over the, the line! Over the line! <laughs> Which means it all comes down to this final one. Keith, you have a lead. Uh, My prophecy, the pro- My prophecy I need to... <laughs> is coming true. <laughs> the prophecy is at hand. Yeah. <laughs> Name me three episodes prominently featuring children. Um, the Lamb, Reunion, and... Oh, uh, 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 prophecy. There you go. Giving you two. What? <laughs> well, I got to keep it interesting. So, Keith, that means that your final score is 12. Eamon, you've got eight. You Uh-oh. can tie it up if you get maximum points on this one. Maximum. Mac Cloud. Yes. So, yeah, so, so you're in a tough situation now because if you win, 
your prophecy doesn't come true. That's true. Whoever wins, so, you lose. Exactly. Alien versus Predator. Or you can lose and your prophecy comes true, but mm. you'll be a loser. <laughs> He's using his spooky voice now. <laughs> Eamon, name me three episodes with Duncan's pappy. The get, the get, no, the road not taken. Uh, family tree, shit. Uh, <laughs> prophecy. Oh, Damn it. Uh, yeah. Uh, ooh. <laughs> Congratulations, Eamon. Your prophecy has come true. It is at hand. <laughs> <laughs> did, I, did I get any of those right? Uh, you got family tree. Okay. You got prophecy. The last one that we were missing, because Keith actually named Homeland? them earlier, Homeland. was Homeland. Uh, shit. I suck. It's okay. Sorry, readers. But you're great at prophesizing, so congratulations, Keith. You are our winner. Congratulations, Keith. Did I say my joke about divorce on this episode? Not yet. Mom versus dad, whoever wins, we lose. (laughs) (laughs) And that's like from the child's perspective. I don't know if I stole that or if I made that up. It's good, though. Yeah. Is it? I think so. So before we talk about this, why don't we talk about the Watcher Chronicles? I'm going to read two. So first, we'll start off with Miss Cassandra. Her known aliases are Zandra with a Z-H. Zandra. Is that like her her stripper stripper name? name? (laughs) That's exactly what it is. Um, That's actually uh, her name in triple X. (laughs) Return of Zandra Zandra Cage. Cage. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Her other known aliases are Cassia of Posidonia. Dea? Posidea? I don't know. It sounds crazy. Spelled. Uh, and then Sandra Grant. Is that a reference to Cat Grant? Who's Cat Grant? Isn't it from Superman? Oh. Because she not. also plays that character on Superman. Oh, maybe. That'd be funny. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Born 1000 BC, the Arabian Desert. So she's old. And Middle Eastern, apparently. Apparently. First death. Weird choice not to cast a Middle Eastern person there, but all right. Oh, I guess it's born circa 1000 BC. First death, 1000 BC, circa. Yeah. Uh, Killed by the four horsemen. Ooh. We'll find more about that. First teacher, undetermined. Uh, Original cultural affiliation, Bedouin. Where's a Bedouin? I don't know either. Recent base of. Is it like octopuses? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Recent base of operations, New York City. Occupation model. What? Yeah, what? She has magic powers and she's a model. She uses it to model. <laughs> yeah. What a waste. <laughs> this person is a cosmic waste <laughs> of magical powers. And it's, oh, we've never had this before on a Watcher Chronicle. Unique characteristics. Ooh. I can think of two. Hey, oh, which ones? <laughs> uh, her piercing uh, voice yep. and her skill with prophecy. <laughs> That's kind of what it says it's prophetic and suggestion abilities. Suggestion abilities. <laughs> Spooky voice. Yep. Oh, boy. And so her chronicle reads, What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and there are few as strong as Cassandra. She was raised by a people who drew life from the harsh desert sands. Her immortal days were lived brutalized and enslaved until she fought her way across the wastelands and found freedom. She'd learned to trust no one, honing her skills with the sword and with the weapons only she possessed. Talents so strong, a simple Bedouin had sensed them when she was an infant. They kept her alive when women weren't allowed to be strong, but kept her outcast. This is crazy. Yeah. Uh, she was the witch outcast. in the woods, the temptress of a hundred fairy tales. Each time frightened mortals came to kill her, she emerged stronger. Her mortal lovers died, and her immortal lovers betrayed her, and she was the one who lived on. Wow. Today, she finally lives in a world where a woman can hold the power she deserves, where she's more at peace now than ever before. Huh. 
Huh. Interesting. How about Happy that? Happy ending on that one. Yeah. This is a real tortured past. Yeah. Next, we got the chronicle for Mr. Roland Cantos. Mr. Roland Gift. Yep, <laughs> Roland Gift. <laughs> he not... drives me crazy. Uh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, his voice does drive you crazy. Yeah. Uh, known alias is Roland Chanteur or Roland Cantante. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Born 346 in Avila, Hispania. First death, 385. Convicted of sorcery and executed. Hmm. I guess right, say rightfully word? convicted. Yeah. So, so, sorcery. 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 He's a saucier. <laughs> God damn it, guys. <laughs> All right. First teacher, Cassandra. Unique characteristics. Hypnotic abilities. So why does he Wait, have hypnotic abilities and she's but not suggestion. Su- suggestion powers or whatever that said? Uh, original cultural affiliation. Prophecy. Right. Iberian. Recent base of operation. No fixed location. Because he's on the hunt, baby. Ooh. Occupation, none. Like a nun? Yeah, he's a nun. Yeah. <laughs> so his chronicle reads, oh, well, this is a, uh, a letter. So to Nathan Hendricks, coordinator, U.S. Northeast region, from Andrew Metcalf, the area supervisor in New York. This letter reads, we know why we haven't heard from Howard Margles. Police fished him out of the Hudson this morning. They're calling it suicide. Found a note in his handwriting. Doesn't make sense to me. Harold wanted the Cantos gig for months and was thrilled to get it. Things are good at home. He's the last guy who would take a long walk off a short pier. Well, how like glib about this guy's parents' suicide. Uh, here's the scary part. Harold's last report, Cantos visited a PI firm uptown. By the time he left, one partner shot the other, then himself. Harold suspected Cantos coerced the shooter. That's too many suicides for me to blow off Harold's suspicions like I did at the time. Could Cantos really do that? Make a grown man, two grown men, suddenly kill themselves for no reason? Makes me think twice about putting another guy on Cantos right now, even if we manage to locate him. So he made his watcher kill himself, too? That's, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I guess that's fine. But also, like, it would have been how do they not know Yeah, the watchers? Like, I'm sure he does this constantly. I would have liked He to... does this contosly. Yeah. Woof. <laughs> 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 All right, let's talk about it. Contos, the fresh maker. That's right. <laughs> Doesn't matter what comes, Contos better with life. Contos makes you take your <laughs> life. <laughs> Uh, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> I'm just going to come out and say it. I it's, do not like this. It's stupid. I didn't hate this episode. I did not either. When I was I a think kid, it's a I well, loved this episode. I think yeah. it's a well-made episode. Yeah. Yeah. They had good fights. I like, I, I kind of do like the idea of like a prophecy for Mac. Like that there's something more about Mac, but I don't like this prophecy about Mac or well, like. it's got no punch. No. I, does is this come the, back? I can't. I don't remember this. I kind of don't remember either. I don't think it does. If the prophecy is just leading up to this dumb episode, then that's well, it's, like, it's introduced in this episode. Yeah. So like, I don't know. There's no weight to having a prophecy introduced in reference to a character you've never heard of before with powers you're unaware existed. Like everything is brand new and then resolves never to be seen again. Well, I was very curious. They don't mention this on the the commentaries or anything, uh, but I was kind of wondering, you know, like this is the fifth season of the show. I was, I wondered, were they kind of thinking of this as like a, like a soft reboot? Like there are no extra characters in this episode. Like all we get is Duncan. And we get a prophecy like they're I feel like they're in some ways like resetting some of the the stuff we know like this has never been mentioned before. Like if you were a new list or a new viewer to the show, I think you could maybe come into this episode and be like, oh, I can pick the show up right here and it'll be OK. 
Like, this is just the world they're introducing you to. I don't know. It was a weird thought. Yeah, but you still have to, like, get, like, the darkness into light thing. It's littered with, East, like, references to past episodes. So, like, it's not that neat. If they made it more about, like, the game instead of just, like, defeating this throwaway character. Yeah. With earwax. Why didn't she think of that? That's the craziest thing about the prophecy. I think, Eamon, you said, like, it has nothing to do with Mac. Like, this isn't right. Mac-specific, really. Like, No. Especially, like, the comment about, like, darkness into light. Like, that that should be a, a clue. Like, there, Mac maybe learned something from living in these two worlds that will give so, him insight into this. Like, only Mac could have yeah, defeated this. Something evil Mac did. That would be interesting. Ooh, yeah. If we got a flashback to evil Mac. Sure. Like, evil Mac learned something that helps him defeat Kantos. Yeah. But instead, it's like the innocence of a child, like just coming up with like an obvious answer. Like, oh, yeah, we're not thinking of the obvious. Just don't listen. Yeah. Right. I mean, I guess it works, but it's it's also silly because they don't build in like we needed to see something about young Mac that made him like creative like if we got a glimpse of like when mac was hunting for the wolf he should have maybe been like i don't know like more of like a detective or something like figured out like oh like i'm not thinking like my parents think i'm thinking of it this way and like that's your yeah, clue that like old mac think the, think of this right. right it's like they're the same person like I, I wish there was a clue that young mac was in some ways like thought outside the box or something and that's why mac needs his younger self who was like more simplistic and because all we get is that oh good triumphs over evil it's like oh. okay yeah also, not in this show. In right. this show, often it doesn't go that way. Also, the making out with the child's just, whoa, that's weird. That's it very weird. weird. That creeped me out. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, Cassandra, she's like, you know, a pretty lady. That could be a cool new character. She has she's powers. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, oh, no, she's like right. having sex with somebody she knew when he was 13. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I mean, I know they're immortal creatures or whatever, but creepy. <laughs> it's yeah. creepy. Yeah. I, I kept on getting flashback to, like, the comment section every time, like, you hear about a, a female teacher, yeah, like, having a relationship with, like, a 13-year-old boy. They're like, right. oh, if that's abuse, sign me up. But it's like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, this, right. is, yeah. this is traumatizing <laughs> sure. for people. Yep. Weird. weird. Just a weird direction. Weird, yeah. indeed. But it's, like, it's filmed He's, nicely. Yeah. The flashbacks are nicely. very good, except like, for the wolf scene. <laughs> I respect that they're playing with the format. The quickening's cool. Like, part of me doesn't even hate the core conceit that like some of these immortals have magic powers like i don't think it's ever really pulled off like i could do without it yeah but, like i'm ready to be convinced and i'm not convinced by this cantos kind of sucks yes i thought he was cool before we talked about it and i'm like cantos was tricked by like mcleod's mom and then 390 years later he's tricked by earplugs yeah like you suck, Cantus. Also, like, the, the the prophecy itself needs work. Like, why is this so important to, like, wh- stop Cantus? Like, because yeah, Cantus is aware of it, too, and I, I don't know. Like, when did he find—when was the prophecy made? When did he find out it was about him? Right. When did they find out it was about Mac? And Big Whoop. Like, great, he's dead. Yeah. Mac killed an immortal practically every episode for right. four seasons. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. We needed to see, like, more, like, callous-level stuff with Cantus. And, of course, this also reminded me of, uh, like, Jessica Jones. Like, he's so, like, ineffectual with his, like, oh, he's like, hey, you dopey cops. Like, oh, just forget you saw me. Like, Jessica Jones handles this sort of, like, power of suggestion in such a suspenseful way. Yeah. Uh, And I feel like if they had stretched this out in the show, they could have gotten a similar result. Like, what's Cantus going to make people do? Like, that could have been fun to explore. Duncan can't predict, like, if somebody under control or, like, yeah. That would have been a lot cooler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything about this needed more room to breathe. 
Like, it just has no punch in this. Like, you're just introduced to so many new things all at once, and then they all immediately resolve. Yeah. And you're like, like, it's given such a grand scope, but, like, just immediately fizzles. Right. I had a thought, if I had to rewrite this episode, because I hadn't seen this in a while, and I, I also thought this took place over, like, three episodes or something, and it obviously doesn't. I started thinking about this when I realized, oh, Cassandra has a C name, which is neither good nor bad. And I was like, what if the prophecy's about her? And she uses Duncan to take out her one adversary, yeah. which is Kantos, and she's the real villain. Mm, I thought good. that could be fun and like a good twist on like that she's manipulating Duncan and it'll like let her name kind of play into it it's like is she good or bad oh she's bad yeah anything but what they did <laughs> <laughs> yeah it just doesn't work unless like this comes back and I'm just yeah also remembering they break the biggest rule of prophecies which is like <laughs> the biggest rule of prophecies but like there's a reason why you know prophecies aren't true is you can't be actively working to fulfill a prophecy which Cassandra is doing like if she never told Mac about the prophecy, none of this would have happened. You know what I mean? Like, if this prophecy is really true, she shouldn't need to tell Mac about the prophecy for it to become true. But she actively, like, influences Mac to meet... Like, she, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, by, don't, don't by pro- telling Mac the prophecy itself, she has influenced the outcome of the prophecy. Well, I mean, don't prophecies just assume that everything that happens ends up being ordained? So doesn't that include telling them about the prophecy? But it shouldn't have to, because I mean, that's that's like why it's like a bullshit no str- prophecy. Well, there's no valid internal logic to prophecies. No, but <laughs> I mean, like... arrive at something more satisfying. But if you're working towards, com- like, achieving the goal of the prophecy, it's not a real prophecy. Like, if I went to a restaurant and was like, I'm going to order a steak, well, and then the waiter brings me a steak, it's like, did I prophesize I was going to get a steak? No, because I actively ordered a steak. Well, then how do you handle the opposite trope, which is that when people try to defeat a prophecy, they cause it to come true? That's Well, that's up, more that's fun. That's brought up constantly. Sure. That's but like I, I appreciate trope. that more because that means that the prophecy is inevitable and I don't know. Uh, they seem like two sides of the same coin, though. I guess so. In any case. In any case, prophecies aren't real, so what yeah, whatever. So whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> there was an interaction I had the other day that I felt a little bit bad about afterwards. I was talking about the show Haunting of Hill House, and somebody asked me the following question. Is it based on a true story? <laughs> to which I responded, like, are you asking me if ghosts are real? And she's like, no, like, is it based on, like, somebody's account of something that happened? Okay. But still, it's like, it's the same shtick. I'm yes, like, it is. Oh, this is violating story. a rule of prophecy. It's like, what is a prophecy? <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> it's all fucking stupid. Uh, well, Amos prophecy came true. And that That's was, true. That was impressive. Yeah. And I, I've tried very hard to... Sorry. Stop that prophecy. You should play the market with that yeah. that prophesizing notes. I predict I will lose all of my money. What an interesting episode. AP did not like it, that's for no, sure. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Not a fan. He, well, he was jealous that, that, that the boy got all the action. That is true. <laughs> Gross. I'm so sorry I said that. So we have any other thoughts on this episode? Uh, I don't know. I think I've said most of what I have to say about it. It's yeah. like a... I don't know. I feel like I should have more to say, but it's like... It's a clunker. Yeah. The prophecy just doesn't make sense either. No, I mean, especially if it keeps changing. Born on the winter solstice, found on the winter solstice, like, you know, has seen darkness and light, has gone through darkness and light. Like, those are kind of shocking things. That- yeah, Richie has seen darkness and light. Sure. Also, yeah. based on fu- uh, episodes that are coming up, he also passes from darkness into light. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This, this prophecy is, like, both too ambiguous 
and too specific. Mm-hmm. Like the prophecy is so kind of neutral sounding that it could be about everyone, but everyone has absolute certainty that it's about Mac and they are correct. Right. The good twist is something like what you were describing, Keith, that like the prophecy isn't what you think it is. Right. That's what makes it would make it fun. But it's both like generic to the point of being just like banal. And then everyone knows exactly what it means. Yeah. And it does mean that. And there's other like the, Cantos needs to be in the prophecy too, because he needs to be doing He's something the voice bad. Of death. Well, uh, oh, I guess so. But like she she says like maybe twice, like the time is at hand. And it's like, what time is at hand? Like the what, prophecy what's he needs... about to do. Exactly. Like why does he need to be stopped now? And why is like now the right time right he doesn't have any like malevolent scheme or presence also here's here's a why you're hunting him now right uh here's a weird random thing i just thought of she's like well the time is right now and i'm i'm presuming it's because well now mac has quote-unquote passed from darkness into light how does she know that especially if she doesn't even know where he is Like, she doesn't even know where he's located, but somehow she knows that he's gone through a magical transformation. Power like, of prophecy, baby. I guess so. Whatever. What? Where this does the, the, the boy... tagline of this episode is just, don't think about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Highlander, the prophecy, don't think about it. Where's all the boy and man stuff? Like, that isn't explained. <laughs> Gross, or, like, That yeah. is illegal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, where is all the boy and man stuff? <laughs> Can you point me to that? No, but Darkness, like... Darkness, 44, boy, boy and man, man stuff. stuff. Where does, like, that come from, though? Like, I don't this know. weird time traveling vision or whatever you want to call it it doesn't make sense like that's not explained and what's like is dumb and there's no utility for it well that's that's the thing that bothers me it's like i could suspend disbelief that it happens fine but it doesn't actually move the ball really except in this generic put wax in your ears kind of way and he's not i saw the warrior had become i wanted to kiss him yeah or like Max should have remembered a, a moment in his childhood when he did something and was like, if I act like that now, it'll help me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just as simple as remembering something when he was a kid, other than just having a like a conversation with himself, yeah, and, and getting advice. This is the child I talk to for advice. <laughs> Why doesn't he talk to him more? It never comes back. Yeah, yeah. He's got hey, that walk. What's going on? Uh, uh, hey, old me. Oh, and oh, hold on. Before we move on, you there is wanna, one thing you might want to invest heavily say, in Apple stock, <laughs> which does have to do with the fact that young Duncan. It is mentioned that it's not like a dream. Like, it is some sort of, like, transference of consciousness, right? Like, we do think, I think, right? Don't we think there's some time travel element to this? Like, that they are, in fact, speaking? Yes, right. Like, this is... It's not just visions. It's not just visions. Like, young Duncan comes and sees... Like, because he's like, oh, I went to the future and saw myself. It's like, oh, like, that's this moment here. But when he mentions that he saw... He's like, oh, and I saw us together, and ooh, what were we doing? Like, obviously fucking. It's like, that moment when they're kissing at the end, I imagine, like, wait, two minutes later, young Duncan appears (laughs) appears in the closet, and it was like, oh, Oh, yeah, and just starts jerking off. (laughs) Right? Because if it's not just a dream, ugh. He likes to watch. Also, yeah. because another instance of this being really weird is when Mac has the first vision with Cassandra, he's like, oh, like, did you do that? And she's like, I helped. So did she also help young Mac see them fuck? Which is a <laughs> huge violation, a huge violation of, you know. Everything? Which child boundaries? Yeah. <laughs> which child bound? Well, yeah. she's li- he's lucky he- she didn't eat him. That's true. Yeah, that's, that's the standard which child yeah. boundary. Should we rate this thing? I think we should. Kyle, how many shitty Seacouver cops would you give this episode? Ooh, this gets two and a half oh. shitty Seacouver cops from me. 
which is half more cops than we see. You know, for the reasons that we've said, I think this episode has some interesting production quality. It's splashy. I can kind of see why they went to this place, but it just misses on most fronts that are relevant. And Roland Cantos is a wiener. <laughs> Eamon, how many uh, Trojan generals would you Ooh. give this one? Uh, I'm going to give it three because I didn't hate it, but I don't like the the prophecy element. But there are other elements I like. I think it's shot well. I think the flashbacks are really good. The fights are pretty good. Cantos stinks. I kind of like Cassandra and her like hut and <laughs> her hut. Her <laughs> hut. You're real hot Cassandra the hut. Yeah. Um, Cassandra the hut. That's good. I like that old man. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's Crazy really Tom. funny. Old old Nick Nolte. Yeah. It isn't a top tier episode. Keith, how many wolf pelts would you give this wolf episode? Pelts. Uh, I'm going to give it 2.5 as well, I think. This is tricky. Like, I don't like Cantos's this whole, the way the villain's deployed in this. I kind of like the pro- the idea of a prophecy about Duncan or him being a chosen one in some respects, but not the execution here. Uh, strong things in this episode are the relationship with Mac and his dad. I think that's like really nice to see that like, Oh, there's like a loving bond here and his dad really cares about him. Cause that makes the, the heartbreak worse when he disowns him, which um, technically happens in the past. Like right. in terms of as a viewer, we're not like being set up for a moment. No, right. But we're, I, I don't know. I think it adds the, the relationship. Also, I do like all the, like the little Easter eggs, like that Roberts in this episode, they mentioned Deborah Campbell, like those are super little things. And to me, they didn't feel like, oh, like get the reference. Like they were, it felt natural that those things were in this. And I kind of like that too, that it, yeah, it really built the world out a little bit. And That's I do like point. the in- addition of uh, Cassandra in this. Maybe I'm just remembering and fond memories of her character because you get to see her naked <laughs> later. Oh boy. I, I will remember. I, I will remember. I do remember. There is a special feature. It's got to be coming later in the season where it's like they're about to do it. They get into it and it's like whoa like they look like they're gonna fuck on camera like and after it's over like they cut and they're like oh boy like we gotta stop like they're into it it's nuts hey weird (laughs) wait for that wait for that things to look forward to wait for us to be gross again in the future (laughs) well thanks everybody for listening this week (laughs) on that note right yeah uh next week we're gonna be talking about season five episode two end of innocence and if you haven't already head on over to itunes stitcher or spotify and make sure to rate our podcast with a nice five-star review you can either just leave us five stars or actually write a review and we really really appreciate it it helps get our podcast in front of more highlander fans we've been your rewatchers i'm keith this is kyle this is amen bye bye Maybe Joe did do. Did do do that. Maybe Joe did do. He might have a key, which we'll talk about it.